Coming up on this episode, our teams have to do a little research and produce a podcast that's all about storytelling and investigation. Will our teams wow the judges with a great story, or will they live unhappily ever after? You'll find out on this episode of America's Next Top Podcaster. Greetings from America's Next Top Podcaster, a masterclass of podcasting smushed up and rolled into a reality competition ball. I'm your host, Brian Ibbett. After their first loss during introduction week, the makers are looking to redeem themselves with a win, while the other two teams are just trying to stay off the chopping block. They've all been given the challenge of producing an investigative podcast, using research and storytelling to produce something that both entertains and compels the listener. How will they do? We'll find out later on in the show. But first, after their exciting win in week one, Connect Four, made up of Chetna, Jen, Michael, and Tony, got right to work on this week's challenge. Go team four. Yeah, seriously. Good job. Uh, I'm so, I just want to start by saying I'm so proud of all of us. Um, I think we all had really good chemistry from day one. I'm just so excited and I'm just so proud of all of us that we had a first successful week. Jen and I chatted a little bit. Mm -hmm. I'm a little stumped on, I don't know investigative podcast or segments off the top of my head. Yeah, Um, me either. I, I think I do once I listen to them, but right now, I don't feel very confident. Yeah, I I love these. Oh, good. <laughs> good. Well, that's good for all of us. <laughs> Narrative style storytelling is 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 just brings a different thing for me. Um, and I think the critical point here I saw was uh, what Judy mentioned. He's like he he gave away the trick, right? One to two minutes of the whole story. Yeah, and yeah, then I wrote eight too. nine minutes. And and ended with a question or a revelation. Yeah. Um, if we if we incorporate those, um, I think everything else will fall into place. Um, sure. One thing I really like, I didn't. This is the thing that Jury says he hates, but the most recent episode of uh, Reply All, which is like a, a tech focused investigative kind of podcast, they just they had a get they had a guest on that they'd had in the past who was like generally interested in the tech topic, but like didn't know much about. So the hosts like had a conversation with them. It was like, so here's what happened. You heard about this, right? they're having a conversation with him and then he reacts and has like questions and comments about what they're telling and the story they're telling so yeah you know I was thinking okay I like I like your point Tony about like hey let's not pick a topic that maybe one of the judges like knows everything about like like I'm not a history buff let's say like as much so I don't want to do anything like that. So yeah, I guess we just need a. Yeah, I agree. Minutes, right? Yeah, like I don't. Yeah. I don't want to do assassination of JFK. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Nobody's covered that. Um, <laughs> cool. And anything we do on an investigative ten-minute uh, podcast in a week probably has already been covered. So I'm not stressing that. <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. It's how we do it, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah. True. Well, if we play with the theme of a person, maybe we could all think of someone in our lives that is sort of like celebrity status. That it's like, hey, can I interview you this week? <laughs> you know, like, do you got a minute? You know, to add that extra voice or someone to interview. I think that'd be really cool if we found yeah. someone like that. While the team was offline, they chatted in text and shared ideas. After discovering that Jen was present in Nashville, Tennessee during the terrible Christmas Day bombing that happened there, the team decided to pursue that angle. We had talked about this being, you know, a show called Aftermath, and this is like the last episode in a series about the Nashville bombing, or this could just be one episode about the Nashville bombing in a larger show called Aftermath, where we 
examine the immediate uh, aftermath of tragedies. I was listening to uh, This American Life, Serial. Uh, I watched the first 10 minutes of Tiger King because apparently I'm the only person <laughs> who hasn't watched it yet. Yes. My general understanding of an investigative podcast is um, you you do like incorporate the per- like the wit- the eyewitnesses interview. You weave it throughout the narr- the narrative, and then also like getting clips of the event that happened. So you know, one thing I suggested in the outline is just that eerie recording of robotic lady sounds saying like um, you know like evacuate in ten minutes. If you hear this, evacuate. Like so creepy. Yeah, I'd be happy to be a voice in this podcast for sure. Um, I'm happy to you know kind of act like an eyewitness and act a little disheveled. <laughs> like I can I can do whatever makes this feel more uh, realistic. Someone can pretend to be my husband. You know what I mean? So we can have that extra, <laughs> that extra witness. Unless you don't he mind me asking. Yeah, he I don't want to bring like, him in. Oh, he's okay. really good at like. Oh my god, if you have him on, like he's gonna. <laughs> He's really animated, so he would be like, like we would just bounce off of each other when we're telling the stories. Since Connect Four won the previous challenge, they were given the opportunity to sit down with our special guest coach and judge, Forrest Burgess, co-host of Astonishing Legends and an experienced deep investigative podcaster. We wanted to briefly give you an overview of what we're thinking as a topic for the week, okay? Uh, just so you have some context. Um, one of our teammates here, Jen, she actually had a personal experience with the Nashville bombing back in Ooh, yeah. de- December. So we were thinking of a, of a show where we look at the immediate aftermath of tragic events. And then maybe a month later or months later, we look at how things have ha- developed in the aftermath of that. So how it affected the community, how it affected businesses, any sort of lasting trauma that resulted in the local community there. And we were going to think about using Jen as a witness in the show because she actually, she was, well, there in town at least, and she had some personal personal experiences with the explosion. Say some of the best news stories to cover or blurbs that come up and that we get asked about, you know, you'll hear some uh, facts of what they know about it in the news uh, generally, but they don't really dive into it. And then it kind of goes away. It's a good one to dive into. Uh, The fact that you have somebody who is close by uh, with Jen is another great angle on that. When you have a personal experience to add with either one of the hosts and you could get somebody that was close by that, that witnessed it. And that has a lot of impact with the listeners. You know, you want to keep everything, I think, concise as well. Try and imagine what questions the general public would have. I mean, I think first laying out the story of, uh, you know, do, do were you familiar with Nashville? How'd you get there? Why'd you decide to, uh, you know, take the RV there? Uh, what was your plan for the day? Hey, Forrest, one one thing we we were uh, it was highly emphasized we should include and I'm personally kind of struggling with is a revelation, some mm. sort of revelation at the end of the episode. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, you're always looking for that. The, the wow moment or the as I call it. It's the button like, well, this happened to me. I saw this this mist uh, come out of my closet. It's like, OK, that's that's weird. and It's interesting. And then the button would be like, and I find out we you know, that coat that we bought at the thrift store. Uh, turns out to be haunted. You know, and that's you can leave it at that and not explain it. People are like, oh my gosh, that's crazy. And in addition to their bonus coaching from Forrest, the team also got to talk to their usual podcasting coach, Tom Merritt. Connect Four, good to be with you again. What can we do for you this week? I don't know why I said we. I'm not a royal. What can I do for you this week? <laughs> yeah, so we have an outline. We're going to be calling it Aftermath. And the idea of the show is that we examine sort of the weeks and months after uh, some sort of tragedy happens. So we're going to be specifically looking at how the 
business community and how the wider residential community of Nashville is, is recovering from the bombing and why they feel left behind. One of us, Jen, actually has a personal experience with the bombing. She happened to be there with her husband mm-hmm. in an RV um, <laughs> when yeah, it went <laughs> off. <laughs> yep. So we That's have this unique... disturbing in any way, is it, Jen? Wow. <laughs> yeah. Nope. Oh, this is a great idea. Uh, it's one of the things you need to do in a, in this challenge is keep it narrow. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and this is narrow enough. It's not something that dragged on for days and days and days. Uh, so you've got a limited timetable that, that you can cover. Uh, I love the idea of leaning into things that have been swept under the rug. The only thing that I brought up, we had similar discussion, is that we don't want to be leaning into interview-based or themed sort of because this is investigation and more research. Yeah, that's a very good point because it's easy to get sucked into the interview side uh, because you've you've got access. You need to use it the way you would use a quote if you're writing a research paper. That was where I was going to go next is you need to write a story. You're obviously telling the truth. But there's there are different ways to present the truth, uh, and you want to present it in a way that hooks the listener and says, "Hey, you know this thing happened, but you I bet you didn't know X. But don't give away all of X. Leave it as something to be revealed as you go along. Yeah. You get that by pulling it out of the interviews and the research that you do." After some great advice from Tom on how to craft their story, they got right back to work. I, I gotta say, I I think we're there. I feel like we're ninety nine percent of the way there. It's just this last little revelation beat hook um, that I'm struggling with. We all are sort of going to do our um, independent parts, and I think everything will actually like fall into place. Is how I'm hearing it. So, like Tony, you're going to do the intro. Michael, you're going to do your favorite part, whether it be the reporter or the narrator. And then, um, and then, uh, you know, when I uh, do my recording, I'll be sure to like I'll ask the question while we answer it, kind of thing, so that you know maybe Chetna can listen to it through, and then you know, yeah, just just sort of redub it, you know. Um, yep. And then I think through that, you know, like we all said. Maybe Maybe we'll discover what the what the revelation is. While Connect Four works on their ideas, I had a chance to sit down with Tony to see how things were going with the team. Uh, congratulations on your win this week! Well done. Thank you. We were we were super excited. We 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 really liked what we had put together, um, but it's still you know when you when you're told you won for the week, it's 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 a nice feeling. So we yeah. enjoyed that. Very good. And you guys got a little extra bonus, a little uh, a time with Forrest. Did that help? Like, had you... The time with Forrest went great. He had a, a ton to say. And yeah, we had an idea. Um, and he definitely smoothed out some of the edges. And and we're, I, I don't want to say it was quite honed yet, uh-huh. but it certainly was helping, uh, if we're going to stick to the analogy, kind of grind it down a little <laughs> bit and, and get it there. Uh, so now you guys are, are you guys recording tonight or did you already get some recording done and it's production and editing time? How's, how's your scheduling going for, uh, for this week? Oh, Brian, come on. We've, we've already <laughs> recorded stuff. Um, and the team's been great. And so everybody, as soon as we get our assignment, we're, we're, we're already chatting in discord. That's great. Uh, we're already, you know, like having, getting some ideas, getting some notes across and, and everybody records as soon as they can. You know, mm-hmm. scheduling, that's the second most difficult part of, of this competition so far. But yeah. So, yeah. The typical news story 
is only on our minds for seven days, according to Google Trends. And it's even shorter for bad news. This is Aftermath, the show about tragic events, how they unfold, and how a community heals. This is part three of our three-part series about the Nashville, Tennessee Christmas Day bombing. In this installment, we'll examine how the Nashville community members and businesses are... Team 2, the Blue Fan Group of Audie, Jeremy, Nikki, and Will, had a little bit more trouble getting started with their concept than Connect 4. Uh, what do you guys got? What's the first thing that came to mind? Nothing. I've had nothing come to mind so far. <laughs> yeah, the big part is going to be finding the topic. I think if we give ourselves the day, I mean, depending on your schedules and everything, and we join about it tomorrow for that, but I just need like a day to think about it. But yeah. a- another thing I wanted to bring up is like, what is everyone's strong suit going to be in this? Like, I'm really good at reading scripted stuff and doing research. Like, that's my job. So I can do that. <laughs> I was going to say Nikki should host. They, okay. they really liked you. In oh, that, that was half. such a nice compliment. I was like, oh my God. Like, I, I wrote down Nikki should lead the show. We could definitely have other voice. I mean, we'll see like yeah. how we feel about it. But I think we could have second voices. Yeah, I think so. I, I'm pretty solid at writing scripts. And I can also just serve as an editor again. I think uh, sound design is going to be really important in this. Oh, yeah. And I, We're going to have to work I together really that. hard on that. Oh, good. I, I am solid at sound design. It's not just like, I mean, I literally like took classes on it in college like i think i can do it we just have to slip it into some kind of framework which jury very nicely lined out for us yeah i wrote it down down 90 seconds uh interesting details uh and then a question or revelation all right what i miss uh we're just setting up the what we're gonna do the guys said that they would like me to be the host no, my the thing I was thinking about is whatever story we find, if it's something where we can insert our different voices, like have each voice do a different step along. I don't think we should all four be in it because that's a lot for ten minutes. Yeah, I, I don't I know. It depends agree. how we build it, but that that can be a lot. I mean, do we have to? We don't have to play ourselves, right? We can play our no, names. No, it can do whatever. You can be a. Yeah. You can be the guy who who got hit by the car. Well, I, I saw him the other night, and <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I didn't think anything was wrong. You know, like, I I am liking the idea of going towards science. Depending on what we find, there's so many scandals in science. I'm sure, like, we'll find something. I think that's. A I cool personally approach. like don't like murder mystery type stuff. I just it, it's overdone. I, ugh, creeps me the f- out. That's that too. But also, I just think like it's. It's so like it's beaten to death. Yeah. Oh, there's, yeah, there's five like million stories like that. I mean, Pasteur, the guy who invented vaccines, he was inoculating random people's children, and some of them died. And mm-hmm. that was just we never talk about the ones that died. Well, that's like stuff like that is why science might be the right route to go. Yeah. And yeah. I feel like a lot and of I people are going to. So exactly. Badly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> After a full day of furiously searching the internet for good stories to investigate, the Blue Fan Group is still trying to settle on a direction. Really been stumped on this one. I'll be upfront right away. I have like done, I've been Googling for like two hours, like on and off today, trying to figure out a story. And I have like no idea. I have no idea. Looking at those and doing what little Googling and stuff I could today, Mm -hmm. I like the bird story. What Nikki shared was the person who wrote a book about it. The thing I like about the bird story is there is a good why for someone like Justin to be like, why should I care? Like, but just the the 
theft of those birds was a big loss, especially for that region. It was mostly about like getting to the top of the fly fishing like, field because they had this whole forum where they were chatting in between each other and like there's this whole like who's the best who has the coolest feathers and the most most rare feathers and um, they would have mm -hmm. these fly fish tournaments and then he would show up with these crazy things and a really important part is that the some of the skins that they stole uh were collected by darwin and alfred wallace and they took the tags off and that makes them just worthless now but yeah i wanted to accentuate the like the monumental loss that these skins are for the scientific community because of how many of them were either collected by Darwin or Alfred Wallace and how many of them are either extinct or super endangered and those were some of the only ones that exist in the world so that's like a big deal. I think leaning into the science of it is smart instead um, of just focusing on the crime like really leaning into like here's why yeah. here's why this mattered it wasn't just like mm -hmm. oh he stole you know five thousand dollars from the bank on the corner that is you know federally insured it's like things that can't be replaced yeah. after finally settling on a story and direction the team was eager to get some advice from tom hello blue fan group what can i do for you so uh our concept is about this book that got written about a heist our, our podcast is historical heist and I'm just going to go ahead and read our tagline, which is 22-year-old um, American Edwin Rist was charged with stealing almost 300 bird specimens from a British museum in 2011. The reason? To be the best of the best of Victorian fly tires. The tragedy, the monumental loss for the scientific community. Uh, describe that again in one sentence that makes me go, I have to listen to this. Um a young man stole almost 300 birds from a museum for a fly tying competition or for fly and tying <laughs> and a golden flute. That's true. I keep forgetting. <laughs> What's fly tying? So, oh, you know, like uh, fly fishing. Fly fishing. Oh, for, oh, that, why? But this wait. Is more okay. No, and no. They aren't using it. Yeah. Okay. Cause I, my immediate question is like, why did he steal birds for, but that's what you want. That's, that's what you want is to, and it, so maybe to to win at fishing, a man stole three hundred dollars worth of birds and a golden flute. Why? Stay tuned. <laughs> this is something that you might. Could you get a news report? Can you get actual? We, of, we have yeah. BBC. The, the BBC covered it, so we might be able to find video on that. To be honest, mm. to like loop in because mm -hmm. that's the only uh, aspect that can happen in Britain. Like you can use their sound under certain rules. It's tricky, uh, and you want to be careful with that. Uh, if you are using it for commentary purposes, which you have a very good case here, and you're using very small amounts of it. Okay. And if instead of using those clips, we have one of us read them, is that better or worse? Or I think it's better to use actual audio. When you have someone else read a quote, it reads as this was before the, rec the recorded times. We could for example, we have a blog, blog post that's written by this thief right before uh -huh. he committed the crime. Sure. Uh, That's a good so, one where you could read that and say okay. on his blog, he wrote this, have a different voice, read the blog post that that's totally fair. Yeah. It's hard for me to tell you how to push it farther. But when you're writing it, if you're writing it and you're like, oh, yeah, this is what I would read uh, on the Internet. Yeah. You're not doing it right. You need to make it be like, oh, this is people would not normally tell this story this way. In the midst of their work, I got a chance to pull audio away for a little chat about how things are going for the Blue Fan Group. All right, how are things in the Blue Fan Group? 
Uh, we're doing pretty good right now. Uh, good. Just basically editing our script and getting ready to record later. Very good. Now, um, now that you've gone through your first judging and elimination episode, <laughs> yeah. Uh, how do you feel? Was it was it what you expected? Was it uh, less stressful, more stressful? How how does it compare to what you're expecting? I think it's as stressful as we expected it to be. The funny thing <laughs> sure. is, all of everyone in our group is familiar with all of this. Like they've listened to past seasons, they follow the frog pants stuff. So, gotcha. um, you guys have actually had some of the best, and I know it's because of you had some of the best album artwork. Um, I know that comes from your art background. You've got an amazing art background. As a matter of fact, I think Jenny and jury even alluded to that <laughs> yeah kind of that was full, hilarious a full disclosure kind of thing i, I didn't even think about that and then <laughs> jenny said it I was like oh yeah they've both paid me for artwork in the past. <laughs> now if if their decision were to cause you your team to lose or or to for you to get eliminated would you charge them a higher price the next time they ask for artwork we'll see <laughs> Are you guys recording tonight and then doing production tomorrow? We're going to try and record tonight. Um, Will's doing our editing again because that is his passion and we're going to let awesome. him have his passion. Great. So yeah. um, like if I can get some stuff done tonight, that'd be great. Um, so we're going to try and see how that goes. Um, we're doing a lot more. Last week, it was a lot more of let's just put everything in audio as much as we can and edit from there this week we're definitely doing more let's make sure we write down and keep constrained to our time frame more <laughs> let's listen in one more time as the blue fan group is putting the finishing touches on things so we're feeling good after tom right yeah one thing we need to do confused. yeah we need to yeah. make sure to explain that this isn't directly fly fishing I think I think um, and and I, I have to run in a minute, but I, I guess I'll leave it on this. I think thinking about it, this is a <clears throat> this is a story with with essentially where we can break it up into three arcs over three minutes each. The the first three minutes of this nine minute block would be the fly fishing part of it, right? The the middle three is like the the. Th- theft kind of stuff and then the last three maybe even only the last two is like the the fallout the arrest the trial Mm -hmm. Um, so so if we can think about it in like three arcs i think that'll that'll kind of give us a a built-in format to work off of so we're not like kind of just like going into the writing like directionless i would say maybe even that ending where we talk about the everything after Mm -hmm. the trial like ended on where he's at and then ended on where we're at mm-hmm. with the yes. loss of this you know exactly yeah. yeah so i think those need to be our two punches the weak punch is him him essentially getting, getting away repercussions to supply his obsession for tying fly fishing lures edwin Riss stole almost 300 bird specimens of priceless scientific value from a british museum in 2011 Welcome to this week's historical heist. You're listening to Historical Heist. We dig into the interesting stories of theft throughout time, both ancient and current. I'm Nikki, your host for this week, and I'll be taking you through a case that has certainly ruffled a lot of feathers. 
Now with only three team members, the makers, Dusty, Eliza, and Vincent, have to shake off the crushing blow of losing in order to get to work and not have a repeat of the previous week. That was awful. That was every bit of awful. Wow, I I can totally see why these people are emotional wrecks by the end of it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. This is hard. Yeah. Yeah, man, I keep, you know, barely swallow, your mouth gets dry, you're just like, oh. Ah, oh, that was rough. Every minute that the the show went on, like my stomach just sank further and further. I was like, oh. So, um, I I have a podcast. I produce it. I do everything from soup to nuts. I edit it. And one of the things that I'm really good at is keeping things on track. I think we should take the judges' notes. Okay. And let you drive that bus. Okay. It sounds like the judges want to hear more of you. I say, do it. What I like to do also is plan. We'll have like a basic script. Um, I mean, not like a script, like it's, you know, a dramatic piece or something like that. But like, so uh, every episode is going to be different. And actually, this uh, one's pretty much entirely scripted. I want to give you as much kind of leadership and control over it as you want to take because it seems like it's uh, much more in your wheelhouse than it is mine. I just see where we went wrong and um, it was a lot of it was just we just had such a good time and we were just talking um, but I in my like, like producer hat I always think to myself like listener empathy like we need to stay to the story like somebody need to retake that again because people were talking on top of each other or whatever just to make sure that we have the content you listen to a lot of investigative crime yeah comedy and podcasts, i know it sounds like yeah dirty john and i've actually done investigative episodes i have a segment i know it's a craft uh yes. show but I've done it. Um, they're called, Amazing. I work with an, an investigative journalist and I piece it together like it's a story and we have like conversations in between to like make it more interesting and funny. Yeah. Okay. So do we know the topic? That, were you guys thinking of a topic? Oh um, boy. I I was thinking I've more been... along the lines of the format. Uh, the, 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 the three steps is you tell them what you're going to tell them. You tell them the thing and then you tell them what you just told them. But in this case, the the third step to tell them what you just told them is leaving it on a question. A local element, like if there's some kind, if if there's a like a cute and frivolous story like that that uh, one of us has like an in on where we can present something more than can just be found by a uh, by a Google search. Mm-hmm. I think we should totally do that. I, I, like, um, I had an idea. That it, it came into my head as soon as... And you guys, shoot this down. If you, say it, say it, say it. Shoot it down. It involves crime. It involves, you know, familial connection. As soon as they started talking about it, this popped into my head. The only successful armored car robbery in the United States happened up in Boston. They never found the money. It was my great uncle who was one of the men who committed the crime. What? We need to do the story. Oh, my God. And supposedly the family lore is the Brinks Armor car robbery. The family lore is that the FBI agent who finally cracked the case and arrested every, the, you know, the people who went to prison for it was his like second cousin or his cousin or something along those lines. Able to get um, 
just any kind of recorded testimony of anybody involved in this. Because I, I know what you're talking about. It's like the only time like Brinks was ever robbed. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, uh, they're all dead. <laughs> Sadly. My problem is right now. Standalone like, 10 minute podcast. Uh, I think I think it hits. Especially if Vincent, you can offer maybe not too personal, but like personal familial details about your great great uncle. Yeah. I'd have to I'd have to ask my mom and my aunts, see if they have any uh good tidbits. If they'd be down to get on a mic that would be great no i know they won't do that <laughs> okay yeah what do you think eliza we lose her might have oh, she's she's having a moment with uh <laughs> with the radiator <laughs> she's beating the radiator into submission the makers are beginning to make some headway on a story to research let's see if their coach tom Merritt, was able to help them along Hello, the makers. What can I do Hello. for you this week? We're doing our investigative piece on a piece of true crime that happened over 70 years ago. So one of us would be the um, narrator slash intro person. One of us would be the reporter. And one of us would be the person being interviewed um, because one of us is an expert on this topic. Uh, first of all, just off the top, true crime is the obvious one. Right. So you're already starting from a step behind. The judges are going to be like, oh, investigative. So they did true crime. All right. What do they got? So you're going to have to work a little harder to impress them if you do true crime in, in the investigative week. Then my question on when you say like there's going to be a reporter and an expert, usually in a true crime, they get an actual expert, right? Well, the person that is in our group, I feel is an actual expert. Okay. What are the bona fides? the one of the uh one of the individuals involved in this uh in this particular crime very famous crime uh is a relative of mine okay so you're not an expert you're better than an expert and i wouldn't i wouldn't introduce him as an expert uh i would say you know uh, uh, we talked to a relative that's now going to make the judges sit up and like oh okay so this is legit uh this is this is related do you think it would be a good idea to tease that we have uh, somebody with kind of familial knowledge of the of uh, one of the the perpetrators, or should be yes. safe. You know, don't don't stop at your group. Uh, go out and try to get some folks who were involved beyond just Vincent uh, to add to that, because then you can start with okay, we had you know we we talked to the the local police and we talked to the officer, and then we have uh, a read of you know uh, coverage at the time. Then you can reveal, and we talked to Vincent. The crime occurred in 1950. You know, so pretty much everybody's gone that, that was involved. Boy, is it everybody? I'm going to push you on this. Is everybody gone? Yeah, I don't, I don't believe no one anybody. around in that, that town that remembers any of it, was not there for any of it. I don't know about the town. It, 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 I mean, it was Boston. It was the Irish mob in Boston. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, if you could, I'm just saying, I, 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 if you could find somebody who's like, you know, uh, Bobby Bobby McFadden lived down the street from where this happened. If you got sound of an old Boston guy telling you, like, ah, yeah, I remember that day, like, killer stuff. What happens if we can't? Yeah. What happens I mean, if we, at this point, because basically we're planning on recording it tonight. Mm -hmm. um, and so if we had more time, I, for sure, I think we would do that. But if we can't do that, do you think that we should restructure it so it's... So, so plan not to, but maybe try to do that. Uh, and then 
make sure that in your structure that you have got a reason to stay listening. Uh, the structure isn't bad. The structure, like you say, is is time honored, uh, right. but use it to its best effect. So you've got nobody in your family alive that you could get to just say like, oh yeah, I remember hearing the stories about this too. Like that I could get, you know, my mom and her aunts. Is it your mom's dad? It's my mom's father. Yeah. Oh yeah. Get your mom. That I mean, she'll do it. Yeah. I bet you can get her. You won't even have to call her agent. <laughs> With the week nearing its close, Eliza managed to find time to talk to me about the rough loss of their teammate, Brendan, in the week before. Hello, Eliza. How are you? Hey, I'm good. How are you? I'm good. So, uh, boy, you guys had a rough judging elimination. I don't know. It sounded really brutal. Um... Now, there, there probably were some skill sets that he had that you guys don't have in your team anymore was he i think what what brendan brought to the table was a different point of view which is Mm -hmm. always awesome Mm -hmm. um he was you know part of the team when we came up with a concept which apparently was not a good idea but it seemed (laughs) good when we came oh it's a great idea um and then you know when we were recording together he definitely added his own point of view and his own flavor which was cool the very least that is a big thing to lose in a team losing one fourth of your team yeah Um, and plus he's such a nice guy do you do you hear clicking in the background at all on my end i don't no Oh, uh, that's great because my husband's clicking his mouse right next to me. Oh, yeah, no, I don't so. hear a thing. <laughs> okay. See, and, that's, and that kind of leads us into something that that um, we, you and I talked about: extra noises that go on while you're recording, and oh. and kind of the stress that that puts on you as a podcaster to make sure. Number one, you want to make sure that your your audio quality is always top notch; it's always good. But it. Um, it was causing some stress for you to the point where you you were you were making your husband go into the other room every time you had to record. He's a really good sport, but I just felt terrible. the The tables were turned on me last night. I had to get my recording in, uh-huh. um, so my team could have it by the morning, and he had the computer area. That was the deal. He was playing his uh, his board games so i was like shit i have to just i guess i have to go into the other room (laughs) and it was a struggle i did all kinds of things i like i i started recording sitting on the bed i'm like this sounds weird put my computer in another spot and stood i mean there's a whole list of things that i did and then it was hot in there because the radiator like we don't we're making it we're gonna try to make it work yeah yeah yeah. any other hurdles that you're expecting between now and submission like everything sounds like it's pretty we we made some modifications and i think uh, i think dusty is uh, doing the edit tonight so that we can listen to it that was something we learned from last week we did too much content it was too hard to complete it for the deadline, the way that we did it. So now we have, I wouldn't say it's a buffer, but I think that our planning and management, it should be like more seamless and, and easier and allow for like, if we have a modification, if we listen to it and we go, you know what, let's make a tweak. There's still enough time for Friday. Let's listen in one more time as the makers put the finishing touches on their submission. 
almost like a little piece of clay that we're molding into something. You oh, know, yeah. we keep on adding more details to it. So yeah, I, I real I feel really good about this one. You know, more so than the last. Like we just we definitely have you know more behind this. It's a sh- I must wish this was our first episode. Yeah. You know what? I'm glad it's not our first episode because it would have been. I feel tougher. like we made our mistakes. Well, Obviously, we're going to make more mistakes, but yeah. like we made big mistakes already, and we got that out of the way. I I, the, <laughs> I have this weird worry that um, one judge in particular <laughs> is going to uh, be like, ah, just because you're related to somebody, you know, you want to try to <laughs> shoehorn that in. I don't. I'm just. I don't think. No, you, you know what though? Oh, I'm going to say this and just believe it. What makes somebody an expert? You know, this sure. is this happened in your family. You've been talking about this for years. You have books and you're getting more books and yeah. it's something that you're really passionate about. So even if I didn't know you, if I was looking to speak to somebody about this, you would be the kind of person that I would want to talk to. So just remember that. Cool. I appreciate that. But um but maybe um when you jump off the call, maybe you could call your mom. No, I will. Yeah, I'll call her in the morning. Um. Welcome to True Crime Shine, the show that delves into history's true crimes, but seeks to add a human connection to the story. Today, we have a historic tale, and it dates back to the 50s. On the evening of January 17, 1950, a group of armed men in Halloween masks and chauffeur caps... Having a one-stop tool to enhance audio is amazing. There are lots of them out there that claim to do that job. Greg Wells worked with Waves to develop an easy-to-use tool that makes any audio sound better. I've used this on everything from Beyond the Playlist to Current Geek to this very show right now. The plugin itself adds just the right amount of audio magic to your mix. The Greg Wells Voice Centric is an absolute must in every show I work on. It is part of the Audio Creator Suite and is also available as a standalone plugin. For a plugin that is this powerful, this useful, to be at the prices that Waves usually sells it at is absolutely amazing. Go to waves.com, look for Greg Wells Voice Centric, and start using it in your podcast mixes today. Brian Abid here for Rogue Amoeba's Farago. Now you've got your guests all lined up for your podcast, you've got your stream software connected, and your recording. But how do you get things like theme songs, music beds, stingers, and sound effects to play live on your show? Well, Rogue Amoeba has the answer, and it's called Farago. Not just a great soundboard tool, Farago lets you add music beds, adjust individual volumes and fade points, and trigger them all with your mouse or keyboard shortcut. Keep your sound files organized with drag and drop, and you can even keep groups of sound files together on different pages. Rogue Amoeba's also got a coupon code for you, TOPCAST20, T-O-P-C-A-S-T-2-0, which listeners of this show can use to save 20% off Audio Hijack, Farago, Fission, or Loopback, or get them all in the Ultimate Podcast Bundle and save 20% off of that. Listen, that bundle is already heavily discounted. This discounts it even further. That's TopCast20. Go check out Rogue Amoeba for more information. The Contour Shuttle Pro is one of the most important tools in my production process. 
I am so dependent on it that I bought the Contour Shuttle Express, the smaller model, to travel with. I sometimes have to take my work with me, volleyball practices, vacations, trips, hotel rooms, and I would not be able to do the things I do as fast as I do them if it weren't for the Contour Shuttle products. My laptop and my shuttle make working away from my home studio so much easier. The Shuttle Express is just as programmable and just as versatile as the Pro, but in a smaller, more compact form factor. The Contour Shuttle Express and the Contour Shuttle Pro V2 have made for a more efficient use of my time and my efforts when I'm working on editing, producing podcasts. Go to contourdesign.com, get more information on the, the Shuttle Pro V2 and the Shuttle Express, and I'd like to thank Contour Designs for providing a Shuttle Pro V2 for the, this season's winner, and a Contour Shell Express, this season's second place finisher. The team submissions are in. The only thing left to do is let the judges decide who did the best job this week and who's going home. But first, let's let Tom remind us about each team's prospects. All right, so let's start with uh, Connect Four. Uh, they have a great concept. They're, they're not just doing true crime. <laughs> they're, they're doing a recent event, an important event, uh, an event that do, will require some research. Uh, they have somebody on the team who is involved somewhat in the event, but also isn't the event itself. But they're going to use that person uh, to to bring in a lot of sound and bring in a lot of information. Uh, this this team's my odds-on favorite uh, if, if they execute. Uh, to win this because they have a very compelling story and they have a clear vision of what they're doing. The blue fan group uh, has got a good concept. I'm a little worried and maybe I should have said this more in their coaching session uh, that it might get dinged for not being uh, investigative enough, uh, but it is fun and there's nothing wrong with the investigative thing being fun. And I think that's to their credit. Uh, I want to, I, I pushed them a little to make sure they're not going to just rely on the book. And I was pretty clear on that, uh, that they're not, but uh, they do need to figure out how to tell that compelling story. They, they seem very preoccupied with the sound, which is good. You want to make sure that it sounds good. Uh, but the story is the most important part. So I hope that they're able to construct the story in a way that has me on the edge of my seat. Uh, because I didn't even understand it at first. And once I did, I'm like, oh yeah, no, that's weird. I need, I have so many questions, which is the kind of story that you want. So I, they've got a great chance of pulling this out. Uh, it, they just need to make sure that they tell that story well. And I think they're, they're onto the production element. So it's going to sound good. The makers are the ones I'm a little, the most worried about. Uh, they, they are going with true crime. Uh, when I told them that puts them a step behind because it's the obvious choice, they didn't really seem to blink an eye. Uh, they are worried about using their big advantage. Uh, they have a member of the team in, uh, who's related to a mob thing in Boston. Sounds fantastic. I've got questions. Uh, so they just need to you know, push a little harder so that they can get themselves out of that, well, you're just doing true crime and say, yes, but... Uh, this is a different kind of true crime. So I didn't really get to the f idea of what their twist or their bomb is, but they said they've got one. Uh, they seemed resistant to bring in other voices, which I think could come back to hurt them. Eliza seemed to be very worried about the the format 
I hope I was able to reassure her that the format is great. It's all in how you use it. Uh, so I'm hopeful that they'll be able to pull all that stuff together and really come up with something scintillating. Greetings and welcome to America's Next Top Podcaster. I'm your host, Brian Ibbett, and we're down to 11 contestants, and we're about to tell you a story. Well, we're going to tell you three of them, actually. Our teams have been working on their investigative storytelling episodes, and tonight on the show, we're going to be reviewing those episodes and awarding one of our teams best in show for the week. Sadly, we'll also be seeing one of our players' journeys in the competition come to an end. But to do any of that, we need judges, and I just so happen to have a few of them here from Infinite Gain. Welcome, Jenny Josephson. Hi. Hello. From Current Geek Chronicles, Mr. Scott Johnson. Hello and hi. And from Raise the Dead, it's Justin Robert Young. Hello. Also joining us tonight is a very special guest judge. He was our coach this week, and he's no stranger to investigative storytelling. With his co-host Scott Philbrick, he's been keeping us on the edge of our seats with the Astonishing Legends podcast. Welcome, Forrest Burgess. Welcome, Forrest. Welcome yourself, and thank you for having me. It's our pleasure, and thank you for being here. And, and uh, you know, uh, looking at at the stuff that you do for your podcast, I know uh, you're you're certainly one of our experts on this subject. So, so glad to have you here. <laughs> well, thank you so much for saying so. I, I'm not sure how accurate that is. Our, our pleasure. Uh, judges, last week we gave our teams the task of creating an investigative storytelling podcast. Uh, what were some of the things that you guys were looking for this week? Jenny, we'll start with you. A well-researched storytelling podcast, uh, I think that there were some attempts made and some succeeded and some almost succeeded. But overall, you guys, we're going to talk about the writing. Okay. Uh, Justin? Look, I, I, I think that this is extraordinarily hard. It's possible to do, unlike last week's challenge, which was impossible. Um, so there were a lot of bold attempts. I'm very excited that people seem to want to stretch their wings. Ultimately, one of the hidden challenges in a format like this is brevity and coherence. And we had precious little of that. All right. Scott, what what are you looking for this week? I'm looking for cohesive storytelling. Uh, True crime and crime podcasts are only as good as their stories that are being told. So yeah, writing's a big deal, but also how I feel during your presentation is going to matter a lot today. And I'm very excited to tell you that some kind of got closer for me than these other two chuckleheads think. All right. Let's start with Connect Four. Hey, guys. Hello. 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 Welcome. Hello. Uh, noticing on the very last day of uh, getting the show put together, um, a lot of time codes uh, being sent back and forth in uh, uh, in Discord. You guys yeah. have some <laughs> editing going right up until the last second, huh? Oh, we're, we're picky. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. Now, Jen, you were able to convey a very personal story this week. We're Jen and Scott, and we were in Nashville on Christmas Day. Did that make things easier or harder in the long run? Uh, you know, I would say neither of those. I would say it, was, it made it more fun, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Okay. I just got really ecstatic, and my husband was especially excited to be a part of it. 
it immediately reminded me of my time in Iraq in, in 2004, the second night I was in Iraq. I mean, he, he like listens to me do this in the background, you know, so for him to contribute, he thoroughly enjoyed that. So I would say I had more fun with the experience than anything. Uh, all right. Tell me about the concept behind Aftermath. Uh, yeah. So initially we thought about um, doing some kind of investigative work on a celebrity who went from, you know, perceived by society one way and then completely turned direction the other way. And so we thought about that, but eventually um, it didn't resonate with all of us. I think we were trying to find something else. And that's when we came up with the uh, Nashville explosion because my husband and I actually were there the day that the explosion happened on Christmas morning. And um, Michael said it best, like when I proposed the idea, he said, well, it's contained, you know, we could, there's, Plenty and there's plenty of research to gather, but also not too much where we would get lost in the research. Um, it's current. I mean, it literally happened about a month ago. Um, yeah. and it was personal because my husband and I were, uh, can share our personal uh, experience with it. Yeah. And it definitely came through uh, in this one. This actually was a true story. And so I want to make sure that that does get uh, conveyed. Much less um, acting this week. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. All right. Well, let's get started with our judges here. We're going to start this time with Jenny. Hi. Um, okay, so I have some overall things that are for all three, but they're coming because you guys are first, and so you're going to have to deal with it. When I say writing, when I say that we have to work on the writing, I think you all write beautifully. I think you told a beautiful story. I think it was a good job, but it's really the structure, the underlying structure, like a, the way a screenplay has great dialogue, but there's a very definitive scaffolding underneath that screenplay. The journalistic rule of who, what, where, when, why, and how, and then I always add WTF, right? It has to be lock solid in all of your brains. Even if you don't go in that order, because no one says you have to, you have to know exactly what you're going to say about each of those concepts before you can start rearranging the puzzle piece. Um, On narration, and this is again to almost everybody here, it is way better to calmly undersell your narration as a voice actor and then let the facts blow the audience away. Don't try to game the system or or hide what you don't have. Who would have thought on a day like Christmas, instead of spreading cheer, they had to escape the family to safety. You want your audience to feel the enthusiasm or the surprise or the terror or whatever it is. You don't want to like telegraph it to them like, right? Less narration like narration is only a bridge between sound. Like, and the the least amount of it that you can do, the better. Thank you, Jenny. Justin, uh, this podcast is a mess, and it's a mess not because you guys didn't put a lot of time and effort into it. It's a mess because it doesn't have any coherence. This is called aftermath. So when you're saying it's aftermath, then I want a story about what happened after that. If the show's called Aftermath and you guys were there during this horrifying moment and there's all this stuff about PTSD, the story I wanted to hear about was what happens when you bone out of town, like without telling the police. Like, are you afraid that somebody's going to be after you? Do you think about calling somebody? Like, that's a human moment that I wanted, I wanted to know more about. When you're doing something like this and you're laying out a story, literally think of the person in each situation. And if I'm going to if I'm going to get into my TARDIS 
and go from place to place to place to place to place, how many times am I doing it? And if I were watching a Doctor Who episode, would I be like, oh my God, how many times are they just getting in and out of the TARDIS for no reason? Great effort, great work. And it's hard to put this stuff together, but it didn't come together. Thank you, Justin. Uh, Scott. Okay. I have a fundamental disagreement with my judging cohort, Justin Robert Young. This idea of no surprises, like I need to know who all the hosts are in this very package sort of, I'm so-and-so and I'm so-and-so and he's so-and-so and he's so-and-so is not as interesting to me as getting right to the meat of the issue and starting starting the show off right away with what we're going to do. In fact, if anything, I would have just dropped the early narration and gone straight to storytelling. I would also echo this this idea that uh, Chetna was very, really well used here. And I said this last week. I think you've got a voice that is authoritative. Uh, Forrest, how about you? I, I looked at this episode with uh, more of an eye to, uh, I guess, the theme, the feel, uh, the emotional aspect uh, to the storytelling rather than the, the technical aspect. Uh, but then here's uh, my one problem with uh, the segment here in that, uh, and I don't know if this was a, a, a rule of the podcast, but was it a choice not to announce that Jen was connected to the podcast, that she is, uh, you know, one of the team of the podcast. I think that was a missed opportunity for some impact. We were sort of acting as if uh, Chetna found us um, out and about in the town. Um, so it was really, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so we, we didn't really have like a direct connection. We didn't want to make it about like the fact that I was on the podcast. It was more about, you know, trying to tell the story and that she happened to find us as eyewitnesses. Excellent. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Forrest. Mm-hmm. And thank you, uh, Connect4. Let's move over to Blue Fan Group. Hello. Hey. Hello. 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 We've got uh, Nikki, Will, Jeremy, and Audie. Yes. Yep. All right. Good. Um, um, well, let's talk about it. Let me and let me get um, a much broader sense. So, historical heists the 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 fictional series that this is one episode of. Um, obviously, this would be kind of in line with that. It's a it's unusual tales of of heists gone wrong or or right in some cases. Yeah, I mean, we came into it with a kind of broad concept of uh, just uh, heist either in history mm-hmm. or something more modern uh, dealing with something historical. So, uh, Nikki, being a bird watcher and a scientist, uh, mm-hmm. was this week's topic pretty personal for you? It seemed How like it would you be. Tell? Yeah. <laughs> I'm a birder, so I can get you the right links for the right bird calls. It's kind of coincidence because um, I had read the book before just because that's the kind of thing I'm nerdy about anyways. Uh, And the other stuff was just a bonus. (laughs) Worked out very, very well. I appreciate uh, appreciate seeing those connections. Um, And I noticed when when you guys were meeting with Tom, um, some of the talk was about how to tease the story at the very beginning as far as like um, mentioning that it's somebody's fly fishing addiction or fly fishing interest that's making them commit this crime. I noticed you guys took that into uh, consideration. Are there other things that Tom guided you on that you implemented this week? The structure, I think, was a big part. Um, I think we kind of had planned to do a defined three-act structure from the start. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of the things we took from it was, wasn't really something Tom directly said, but he was a little bit confused about the, the concept of we were actually talking about the lures, not actually fly fishing itself. So right. we right. spent some time trying to make sure that the script uh, specified that was about making these ornate lures. Excellent. Um, all right, let's uh, move over to our judges this time around. We're going to start with Justin. Uh, this was my favorite of the three. I thought that uh, the story was unique and it was well told, uh, whereas some of the others, uh, I think, wound up trying to pack in too much and and couldn't kill their darlings, and it made for a cluttered presentation within 10 minutes. This uh, told something that was good. It was infotainment on what the hell this thing was. I knew who our... Uh, I knew who our guy was. I knew the consequence. Really, my only problem here was I think you could have dressed things up a little bit more. And I didn't really get the fact that this was historical heist. To me, this should have been like fancy boy crimes or something. <laughs> like I think that there was there was a little bit of whimsy in this. Questions on the packaging, but otherwise, I thought this was the closest thing to a coherent podcast that we got this week. All right. Thank you, Justin. Uh, Scott. All right. I thought it was really interesting story. Um, grab me right away. I love this kind of stuff. It was quirky and weird. I'd never heard of this guy. That's my favorite kind of investigative story-based sort of stuff. It's kind of just totally my jam. So, uh, the only problem I really had with this one was I didn't feel like there was a group effort going on. I felt like I had kind of this one person show happen and, and I'll it, answer and that if you, if you want. Yeah, pl- actually I wouldn't mind that real quick. If you we, have, have we some actually, we are really conscious of, of like having it be a team effort, but we also didn't want to feel crowded with how many voices were on the recording. The will did all of the editing and uh, Jeremy and Audie did a lot of the writing and a lot of the research. We felt more comfortable having a single voice as like a thread through the entire narrative. And it shows. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Wow, it's like Broadway in here. Uh, I, I, uh, that's good to hear that. Actually, I would, I wouldn't have been able to do it without them. Like, no way. Very good. Thank you, Scott. Jenny. Oh, hi. I agree that this is a great. Uh, example of doing a thing well um, rather than doing the most thing you could possibly do, right? And I really deeply appreciate not having a murder involved, right? (laughs) I personally, like, don't like murder mystery type stuff. I just... It's overdone. Like, thank you both, (laughs) you and the previous one, for not, like, going full murder because... I have lots of long thoughts that we're not going to do right now about the entertainment murder complex. I don't think it helped to have the fact that like many of the museum's birds were extinct and that's why it was important at the end. No matter the reason for Edwin Riss' actions, no punishment can bring back the scientific value of the specimens that were lost. I probably wanted to know what was the big deal about those birds. Like, why were they in a museum? Why was it important to keep them there? Like, what could you have learned from them so that you understood that this someone was stealing from history? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I like we accentuated that pretty well when we were. No, you didn't. Because if you did, I would tell you that you did. Okay, like, it was at the end you did it well. Yeah, right? that's that's that 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 is 
you know, and again, this kind of comes into the whimsy thing is like, if you want to build those stakes, you, you have to make us care about the birds before you make us understand yeah. that they're stolen. And now this is ru- somebody's life. Life's work is ruined. But I, this was my, I really liked this one. Uh, I thought it was the most complete package. I thought um, it hit the most high notes uh, of them. And uh, I think you guys did, you know, a, a really good job. Excellent. Thank you, Jenny. Uh, Forrest. Uh, well, I'll just start off with a comment uh, about Jenny's uh, comment here in that I, yeah, I, th- I think you can start off with maybe just a sentence or two at the beginning of why these birds are so important to the scientific community. And I th- saying that though, I think you did a good job at the end uh, wrapping that up. So I thought it was a nice round out epilogue to the story about why the, there's the outcome of this uh, crime, this really weird crime was so important and that uh, it's very important to the scientific community. So that, that was pretty well stated, I think, but yeah, perhaps at the beginning, just a sentence to set it up that, uh, again, yeah, why should we care about these birds? Okay. Thank you, Forrest. And uh, thank you, Blue Fan Group. Thanks. 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 All right. Let's bring in the makers, Vincent, Eliza, and Dusty. Hello. Hi. Hello. Hello. Um, all right. Tell me the story of uh, the podcast series, True Crime Shine. So when we were brainstorming, we were talking about different investigative topics and we were talking about different topics and Vincent brought up this historical crime. I, I, like, um, I had an idea that it, it came into my head as soon as, the, and you guys shoot this down. The only successful armored car robbery in the United States. It was my great uncle who was one of the men who committed the crime. Both he and Dusty knew all about it. I I didn't. And I just thought it was so fascinating. And with this personal connection, we did a combination of, you know, real research through, you know, various publications. And we wanted our show to be not just about the crime, but also giving a personal feeling Mm-hmm. to the people that were involved in it. This was obviously a really personal story for you. Yeah. Um, did you have any issues getting your mom to guest on the podcast? No, no. She actually, uh, she was, yeah, she was totally into it. Yeah, she uh, she made a bunch of phone calls and talked to a couple of my aunts and her cousins, you know, try to get some more, uh, you know, family research going. You were hesitant when, when you were talking to Tom, you weren't sure you were going to bring in your mom as a, as a guest voice on the show. I'm glad you changed your mind. Uh, was it Tom's suggestion that, um, that got you to change your mind on that? Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I I mean, it's not even really something I was considering at the time. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I was definitely, definitely glad for, for Tom's recommendation on that. And I could listen to her forever, you know, uh, her pronunciation, she's got a Philly pronunciation, like (laughs) water and, uh, uh, all that stuff, which I really like. Yeah. Uh, excellent. But let's go to the judges because they're, you know, they're the ones that are, uh, are grading you on this. We're going to start this time with Scott. All right. Um, this one was my favorite of the bunch today that it really drug me in. I, I got into it and I really liked it. The personal connection seemed great. Uh, I think that was really smart to include that. I think some of the reading around that was maybe just a little bit on the stiff side. Nothing that couldn't be sussed out. I thought your sound quality was great. 
And I just felt more pulled toward this one. It felt subtle and confident. There was um, a couple of moments where uh, the phone call, for example, I love that that change in tone where it's like, all right, we're having this conversation. We're discussing things. The story's being told. Oh, and by the way, we've got a, a AKA, you know, eyewitness that we got on the phone here and it's just a different sound. There's a legitimacy that that's added to the proceedings that that pulled me in and I was that was the least distracted during this episode. So well done. Very good. Jenny. Okay. So this goes back to my two issues of undersell your narration and underwrite your narration. Like, so it's a voice thing and a writing thing. Um, an example of overwriting narration is, uh, if you're wondering why that is, Vincent has the answer. You don't need that. You just had a great setup with frequently the topic at Vincent's go into sound. Again, when you're talking about tone, I would say like, I think the joy, the sorrow, all emotion should come from your experts, the archives, and what the the, the viewer, the listener brings to the story. Uh, cliche alert, the robbery went off without a hitch, they wouldn't have been arrested. So it, there was a hitch, right? <laughs> like just uh, languagey things. Very good. Thank you, Jenny. Uh, Justin? This was a total cluster. The problem with this format is that you have 10 minutes to make it work and it doesn't matter how much time and effort you pour into the pieces. If you rearrange them wrong or they are too busy, then everything distracts from everything else and you, and you are far lesser for it. And unfortunately this was the busy, uh, biggest example of that this week. Understand that for the listener if you're telling a story about a bank heist that had multiple people, and then we understand that a significant amount of time passed, and now they got caught years and years later, then uh, effectively we are doubling our cast. Think of it like a movie where you would have to cast different actors for older versions of the people that that are in in the other side. So you have to anchor us in in one of the two time periods and then dabble in the other one to help us get context. Since you have the mom there, what I would have thought of, you know, in terms of trying to to wire all this together is to make this about what happens to a family when they don't know whether somebody's going to go to jail. They don't know whether or not it's true, right? Uh, and then use that angst, familial angst, something that we can all plug into to then tell this bank heist story. It, 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 it felt to me like you guys didn't quite have a full command of exactly the story you were telling, nor were you confidently leading us down the path in this particular challenge. If you don't get that right, you doing more, you making three significant well done pieces that don't fit well together ultimately is more like a a negative three than just a three instead of it being a six, if that makes sense. Mm. Excellent. Yep. Thank you, Justin. Uh, Forrest. Yeah, I um, enjoyed this one as well uh, for uh, it's kind of a good fellas in 10 minutes <laughs> or who are the who are the players here? Who are the uh, the criminals that we're talking about? Uh, because as we learn later, we are introduced to James Faraday, but there's also uh, 
Pino, uh, you know, what was his relationship to the other guy that they thought was going to squeal at everybody else. So to round it out, it was a nice epilogue, I thought, uh, with Vincent's family wondering about where the money is. And uh, that makes it uh, very human. And like a lot of families where they have a, a few gossiped uh, and uh, often told stories at the dinner table. So uh, pretty well done. Just a little more clarity, I thought. All right. Cool. Thank you very much, Forrest. And uh, thank you for, for your, uh, all your feedback this week. It's, uh, uh, it's been great to get this uh, in addition to our judges. So really, really appreciate that. Um, all right. Thank you, makers. And it's time now for us to look at the scores and see which of our three teams won this week. Uh, big congratulations going to... The Blue Fan Group. Congratulations, Nikki, Will, Jeremy, and Adi. Well done. Woo! Great. Thank you. Thanks. Um, it's uh, It was a great story. It was um, compelling. It was interesting. One person needed to talk. Everybody else pitched in. And, and the fact that there was a sole set of eyes on research and writing, and there were people that had stake in the game on that, that matters. It's not just whose voice is on the show. Honestly. Whimsy capers, call it whimsy capers, and put. It's not a litter. You want alliterative, Justin? I don't care. Call it whimsy capers and put it. It has uh, internal rhythmic structure. I love it. And put it with some Wes Anderson ass score, <laughs> and just tell me about everybody who's stealing Fabergé eggs and uh, old thread and dresses and girdles and like quail eggs and stuff like that. Like that's what I want, man. I I like this idea, and it was executed very well. Capers, capers. Whimsy capers. It works. It's musical. <laughs> Noted. Very good. It's time to do the tough part of the show here. This is uh, where we have to announce the team that, that lost this week, the show that lost this week, um, because we've got three really good teams, but uh, we can't always have a winner uh, in all three. So... Um, scores were close, as they almost always are, and I'm afraid... Connect Four, you guys had the lowest score this week. Very difficult to, to see that after um, after the, the the great week you guys had last week. Jen, Michael, Chetna, and uh, Tony. Okay, uh, judges and I are going to jump over into the deliberation chamber, and um, and when we come back, we'll talk about the team that didn't win this week and uh, uh, and and the tough part, which we'll get to. Um, all right, so uh, we've got Jen, Michael, Chetna, and Tony. Um, I mean, so geez, Jen, there, Jen, and, Jen, Jen was the one who was actually in the thing, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. I, I don't think so, it would be Jen. Although, if she did the concept, that's my biggest problem with it. Mm-hmm. It was called Aftermath, and then the most compelling stuff was about the thing, and they literally fled town in a show that's about how we're fleeing from these stories when they're inconvenient. Yeah. Okay, so conceptually, we all agree that Chetna was the best used, utilized, right? This sort of middle middle of the show expert. Yeah, I mean, she was. I, I mean, she was a good host. I like her voice, but I, I didn't think it was anything particularly. I mean, I don't uh, know. The the, the 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 strongest point of it is them being in the middle of this international news. Yeah, I hate this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. 
Okay. All right. Longer thoughts about this later, but yeah. All right, we're back, and uh, it's time to do the tough part of the show here. This is, uh, which means that that uh, it's a difficult thing, but we have to say goodbye to one of you. And ultimately, the judges decided that uh, you were jailed by your own concept. That um, the concept was the thing that um, that really came came from Jen, and Jen, they didn't feel like you used Jen enough. Uh, we'll get some more clarification on that, but I'm afraid to say, Jen, um, you have been eliminated from the competition. Uh, as a fellow Jen, this is agonizing. And I love the glimpse that we got into your life. And I think what we're saying was that you should have embraced that and all of you should have embraced that more. And I don't want to excuse the rest of the team from the responsibility of saying, Jen, that's a great story. We need to frame our whole podcast around the story. If this podcast was, what do you do? The podcast. And it just told that story and it gave us all of the, 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 the gooey, let's live in a RV, cutesy stuff. And then you do it and it's this awesome couple goals kind of thing. And then horror happens and we get the PTSD story. And now it's, what do you do? This is not only the best of the week, it might be one of the best podcasts that we've ever seen on this show, to be totally honest with you. If you execute that to some degree of perfection. But I just wanted to add, um, somebody made a comment like, oh, I don't know what happened. Uh, I just wanted to add, I know the team worked a lot together. We all worked together on on every part of this. Uh, So I, I don't like to hear, I hate to hear one person get get blamed when again we really did all work together i understand it's a competition and that's how that works but uh for the record i wanted to say that that everyone really did work equally on every part well here hold on let me let me let me just say this right now does anybody else on this team want to take the bullet for jen i mean because look if, if that's fine everybody can can say that this is all for one one for all but if somebody wants to step up and take the bullet for jen then then i think that's the time to to Get get brave, Jen. We're and, sorry, and know that it's never, never an easy decision. That's turn- rocket fuel. What you gave the podcast was rocket fuel, Jen, and unfortunately, it blew up instead of going to space. All right. Well, um, thank you, uh, Jen. You, you, you've been great in this competition, and your your voice and your your uh, storytelling quality, and the fact that you were vulnerable enough to kind of let us into your story uh, this week was was very, very um, huge. And, and we all appreciated that. Well, you know, I, I think I just want to thank the judges. Um, you know, I know that wasn't an easy decision. And also thanking the team for uh, taking a risk uh, doing uh, my concept. And uh, I learned a lot, honestly. I think, I think even I was just kind of telling the team on, on a what do you call this on discord here? But I think the biggest lesson I learned from this is that, you know, if you have a really good personal story uh, to really run with it. All right, let's talk about next week. Uh, Having an interview guest on a podcast is a tried and true source of content. It keeps things fresh. It brings in a new voice with a new perspective. And on the marketing side of things, it helps build an audience by attracting new listeners and sometimes sharing audiences. If uh, that listener has there, brings their own audience. 
Uh, However, while the interview might be a common podcasting staple, it is by no means an easy one to pull off. There's a reason that celebrities like David Letterman, Jerry Seinfeld, Howard Stern, for example, gained their legendary interviewer status. They earned it through research, listening to their guests, and, of course, practice, practice, practice. So on this week's challenge, you'll get the chance to do your uh, put your interview skills to the test. We've set you up with an interview with Mark Hoffling. Um, older audiences might be familiar with Mark's work in the art departments for Con Air, uh, Army of Darkness, and Independence Day Resurgence. But these days, he's got a newer audience enjoying his work. As production designer for the Disney Channel, he's responsible for the look of shows like High School Musical, Wizards of Waverly Place, and Disney's Descendants series. Teams, you're going to have a lot of material to work with (laughs) from all those different sources. Your task is to plan and perform an interview. Uh, Team 2, Blue Fan Group, is your prize for winning this week. You guys get an additional five minutes to meet with Mark. Do your research, ask your questions, and then edit and produce that interview down and turn it into a 10-minute episode that feels like it's part of a regular podcast series. And don't underestimate this challenge. Anyone can come up with a list of interview questions. It takes the skill of America's Next Stop podcaster to make people want to actually listen. Coaches, what will you be looking for in these submissions this week? Interviews are where uh, subtle skills come from and where you truly can shine as somebody who can keep attention. A good interview transcends that and uh, can turn anything interesting. Research, uh, research, research. Yeah. yeah. Know, your, know your subject. That's a, that's a big one. There are two things that go into interviews. Number one, the compelling element of being live, being there, present, not you know, just machine gunning off a bunch of questions. Don't do anything other than what somebody else would want to hear. You are in service to the audience at all times. All right. Well, I want to thank Forrest for being here. Hey, thank you, Forrest, for joining us. And uh, once again, people can find you on Astonishing Legends. Yeah, astonishinglegends.com or uh, all your other podcast platforms. Big thanks to our judges, Jenny, Scott, and Justin, and to our contestants. Thank you guys for being here. Uh, We'll be back next week with another edition of America's Next Top Podcaster. Wow. I'm extremely shocked to know that I'm being voted off America's Next Top Podcaster But either way, I am the kind of person that is very quick to look at the silver lining of things and what's to come ahead. Kind of going back, just to reflect back on why I joined this competition to begin with. And as I was filling out the application, I really thought to myself, like, what would it mean for me if I'm part of this competition? Because... I don't think I'm necessarily attached to the results of it as much, probably why I'm getting voted off early, but more so like, what did I hope to get out of it? And so I narrowed it down to two primary reasons. The first reason is education. I think at this point I have collectively done about 350 podcasting interviews since I started podcasting back in summer 2019 throughout all of the podcast shows that I have the fortune of hosting. And although I am, you know, quote unquote experienced 
at that at this point. I always am open to learning and seeing how else I can expand my podcasting skill set. So that was the first primary reason why I signed up for this competition was to learn. The second reason was for community. I've been new to the East Coast for about three years now. I moved out here in summer 2018, and I had found since I started podcasting a year later, summer 2019, that podcasting was really the easiest way for me to establish a sense of a social life. In terms of what I have learned, wow, I've learned so much. I think the first thing is being grateful that I no longer have the imposter syndrome. I struggled with a lot of that in my 20s and entering my young 30s, I basically said no more. I am enough and I have a voice and a story and the world needs to hear it. And I'm going to do it for as long as I can until someone tells me to stop. And so far, no one's told me to stop yet. And it was really interesting at the start of the competition, before we even began, to hear a lot of my colleagues on America's Next Top Podcaster admit that they felt unqualified to be there or they felt like they had the imposter syndrome. And it was just quite interesting for me to witness because I understood that. I understand that pain very intimately but also grateful to know that that wasn't going to be an issue of mine, you know, during this challenge. Shout out to Tony, Chetna, and Michael. From the very beginning, we got along really well, so much that it meant the world to me that, you know, they stood up for me when the judges decided to vote me off. And so they're going to be my friends forever, whether they like it or not at this point. But I really felt just grateful with how present we all were and how encouraging we were to one another. So the last thing that I want to share, which I think is the biggest lesson of all that I got from this week, it really dawned me as I heard the judges talking and kind of realized that someone on our team was going to get voted off. And soon after I realized it was me is your story is so significant. And when you know that your story is relevant to a situation, you have to fight for it. You have to speak up for it. You have to own it. If your story is relevant to a situation, if your story can help a situation or help a person, tell it, tell it and tell it proudly. But if any of you want to continue to follow my podcasting shenanigans, you can follow me on Instagram or Twitter at the Jen Amos, or you could check out my website at Jen Amos Creates, as in creative, but uh, creates. So Jen Amos Creates.com. All right. Thank you guys. Thank you so much. Appreciate you all. Good luck. Thank you for listening to America's Next Top Podcaster. This show brought to you by the lovely team headed by your host, Brian Ibbett. Follow Brian at Coverville on Twitter. Hammond Chamberlain as our executive producer. Follow Hammond at jhammondc. Bobby Frankenberger as our producer. Follow Bobby at gmfunkytown. Lady Monica Stone as social media and community manager. Follow Monica at wickedkitten13. Alex Albisu as our contestant interviewer and Patreon manager. Follow Alex at Alex Albisu. And I'm Gidget Von LaRue from Season 1. And you can follow me at Gidget Von LaRue. Consider becoming a patron of the show by going to patreon.com forward slash top podcaster. Make sure to follow the show at Podcasting Idol 
and visit our website at americasnexttoppodcaster.com for everything else.